Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Darabashi de Libreta Tonoko Susopa Hatheli, Lebrede and the Neko Susopa Hatheli, Lebredeli and the Father, Lord, this morning I say thank you once again. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for this great grace to be able to come into your presence. Scripture says that it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. And so, Lord, I'm grateful this morning to be able to say thank you to you. Thank you for making me your own. Thank you for making me your child. Thank you for saving me from my sins. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming me from the works and the hands of the devil. Father, I give you all the praise. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of grace. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you, O God, for your grace that brings us, ushers us into your presence. Father, I bless your name, O God. Be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we come into your presence, Scripture says in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures evermore. Thank you, Lord, for fullness of joy this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the pleasures in your presence. Thank you for the great benefits in your presence. We give you all the praise this morning. Lord, be glorified. Once again, Lord, we have come to fellowship with you. We have come to hear you speak to us, Father. We have come to learn in your presence, O God. We have come, Lord, to know you better, to know you more and more. Lord, we ask this morning, Lord, reveal yourself to us. Speak to us, Lord, as we read your word. Help us be those who uh, will become practicers practices of the world, those who do the word in the mighty name of Jesus. But let your name alone be glorified. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. It's a good morning, a good afternoon, good evening to everyone joining into our devotional this morning. I would like to say a big welcome. I am Murphy Ayenike. I've we continue our reading and our study of the book of Second Kings. Yesterday we took three chapters. Today we'll take two chapters, chapters four and chapters five. Remember where we left off the story yesterday, chapters three. Um, the king of Israel joins an alliance between Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom, and they were able to offer to fight again against and overcome the king of Moab. Quite a great battle, but in the end, they were able to win because God intervened and brought about that great miracle. I don't know about you. I hope that by now you would have been noticing that Elisha did very, very strange miracles. Yes, if you were looking for someone who did miracles that were very, very close to what Jesus did, uh, the person to finger or to point to is Elisha. So, uh, we take chapters 4 and 5, like I said today. Chapter 4, like I said, Elisha 
just seems to do twice of what Elijah did. So Elijah was sent to the widow of Zarephath. Elisha, yes, will be sent to a poor widow and then uh, a woman from Shunem. So two women in Elisha's, Elisha's case. There was a famine in the time of, of Eli, Elijah. There will be a famine in the time of Elijah. I'm telling you, the Bible is quite is quite humorous uh, in, in the way God does, does these things. But I'm telling you, the guy thoroughly displays displayed uh, this double portion of the anointing and then there is this one yes i'm sure you didn't notice that this miracle was right here in the book of second king yes the first man in the bible apart from what the children of israel had with manna right yes elisha is the first person that multiplied bread yes you thought it was jesus no elisha was the first person that did the, the miracle of bread multiplying for people for the multitude quite quite outstanding all right so please let's read let's read together second kings chapter four and five this morning it says one day the widow of a member of the group of the of prophets came to elisha and cried out my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a, credit, a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flax of oil, she replied. I'm sure this is a classic story. Uh, this story has been preached right, left and center. And the lessons from the story, I'm sure you already know. Elisha comes to this woman. She, she's telling him, my servant served with you. He was faithful. But now, okay, whatever happened, he borrowed money. He was not able to pay. The creditors have come to collect my children. You know, and you would think the response Elisha should give to her. And I'm telling you, this is how God works. When you go to God, and you will see it with Jesus again and again. You know, you see a blind man comes to Jesus, and Jesus will ask the person, what should I do for you? Uh, if you were the one <laughs> there, you would have think, ah, is this man blind? Can't he see that this man is blind? If a blind man has come to you, what else is he asking from you? No, but it doesn't work like that with God. Yes, uh, faith, your faith must be able to express what is inside your heart because if it's not there inside your heart you won't be able to catch it you know so elisha okay so what how do i help you so i would have taught elisha open maybe your wallet or tell one of the other sons of the prophets to give this woman money to be able to pay back that is what you should have done but no elisha asked her what can i do to help you what do you have in the house? So Elisha tells her, the solution to the problem is right there inside your house. It's not far away from you. And I'm telling someone this morning, uh, the solution to everything you are looking for is right there. It's very close to you. God has placed it within your reach. My pastor will always say that what you need, what you need to break through, what you need to make it, God always places within your reach. You just have to open 
your eyes. Elisha says, what do you have in the house? I asked someone this morning, what do you have in the house? She said, nothing. Nothing, no. But luckily for her, she could still remember that she has these little flags of olive oil. Elisha said, that's fine. That's fine. That is more and than enough and good enough. I'm telling you with God, all God needs is just the little, just the little talent. Just, uh, it's a voice. It's a smile. It's your diligence. It's your hard work. It's your passion. That's all God needs. And I'm telling you, uh, just pointed in the right direction, uh, you will stand before kings. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flags into the jar, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her. And she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And when the olive oil, and and then the olive oil stopped flowing. So I I just I can only hope that this woman went to borrow tanks. Yes not just uh, drums so not just buckets well she went to borrow tanks because if she had then she would have had more than enough even to become a very rich person and, and i'm telling you this is how faith works okay so when elijah told her to go and borrow empty vessels what would she have taught imagine if she just had maybe a little bottle yes that was all she had she said she had a little flax so imagine if it was something like a small bottle and elijah told her to pour from this bottle to continue to pour it into containers if you were the one how many containers will you get <laughs> ah yes you know the answer you will likely get just a few but ah yes thank god her sons at least got a little bit and I think it was able to cover her depth. So verse 7 says, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell, sell the olive oil and pay your debt and you and your sons can live on what is left. Yes, the lesson I take from this, from this story is that, okay, the miracle would not always happen the way you think it should. You would think Elisha should be able to just uh, ask God and God just sends money down from heaven, right? No. Mm-hmm. God gives her what to sell. So, in other words, she still had to become an entrepreneur. Yes, sell the oil that God, no, that as God has now given her. And I'm telling you, this is how it works. A lot of us want magic. God is not a magician. Someone needs to hear this this morning. God is not a magician. He does not do magic. God does miracles. Usually, they will not go the way you are expecting. What you can trust is that God loves you. And in the end, that challenge will be solved. And that will be you in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 8 says, One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. 
a wealthy woman had lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. So yes, quite, quite wonderful. Um, yes, very nice woman. Verse 9 says she said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table and a chair and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes. One day, verse 11, one day Elisha returned to, returned to Shunem and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Uh, can we Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, as she doesn't have a son and her husband is an, is an old man. Call her back, Elisha told him. Uh, when the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, uh, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. <laughs> No, my lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes, my hopes up, up like, like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, uh, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. One day, when a child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly, he cried out. My head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Then she shut the door and left him there. She sent a message, a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can carry, I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today? He asked. It is neither a, it is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man, of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, Look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, Everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, uh, but the Lord has not told me what, what it is. <laughs> then she said, Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the road. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. 
but the boy's mothers are the boy's mother said as surely as the lord lives and you yourself live i won't go home unless you go with me so elisha returned with her so obviously gehazi went ahead of them and i'm telling you verse 31 for me is one of the most profound verses in the bible 31 says gehazi returned hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face but nothing happened to her there was no sign of life he returned to meet elisha and told him the child is still dead <laughs> so i love this new version so i'm telling you <laughs> but i can't i i'm telling you that the kjv is so wonderful he says that gehazi laid the staff on the child and returned and told elisha that he waked not <laughs> <laughs> oh god and yes my pastor taught us yeah he said that look uh, the word of god in your mouth is as powerful as when god himself declared it and so whenever the word of god does not work like that as uh, something is wrong as uh, something is wrong so gehazi here was already telling us that something was wrong uh, the staff in his hand should have been as powerful as the staff in elisha's hand okay so elisha does get out of the way Joe. let me get let me go and do what i'm supposed to do so when elisha arrived the child was indeed dead lying there on the prophet's bed so i don't know about you you would think that jesus was the first person to raise somebody from the dead for after how many days right lazarus three days i'm sure this boy would have been dead for more than a day or two yes on the prophet's bed he was sleeping right there he went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the lord uh, then he lay down on the child's body placing his mouth on the child's mouth his eyes on the child's eyes and his hands on the child's hand and as he stretched out on him the child's body began to grow warm again hmm so just like elijah remember when elijah did his own right and we were saying is this how to raise the dead uh <laughs> And I'm telling you, that is how God just works. So, okay, that was what God told Elisha to do. So you do what God asks you to do. And I'm telling you, you will see the power of God. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Big lessons I learned there. Hmm? Elisha saw that the miracle was already coming. Elisha did not stop praying. <laughs> Elisha continued. And as I'm telling you, as he continued, the miracle, the miracle was perfected. Some of us give up, give up too early and allow the devil, you know, uh, then step in again and, and take the victory from within our grips. He said, then Elijah summoned Gehazel called the child's mother he said and when she came in elisha said yeah take your son as she fell at his feet and bowed before him overwhelmed with gratitude then she took her son in her hand and carried him downstairs you remember the other woman said yes now i believe that you are a man of god and i'm sure she would have said said the same thing Verse 38 says, Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. One day, as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, 
put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs and came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were, poison, they, they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there is poison in this stew, so they would not eat it. Elisha said, Bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it is all right. Go ahead and eat. <laughs> and then uh, and then it did it did not harm them. I'm telling you, Elisha did crazy miracles. Verse 42 says, One day a man from Baal, Baal uh, Shalisha, brought the man of God a sack of fresh grain and 20 loaves of barley bread made from the, fre- from the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, yeah, Give it give it to the people so they can eat what his servant exclaimed feed the hundred people with only this but elisha repeated give it to the people so they can eat for this is what the lord says everyone will eat and there will be even there will even be some left over and when they gave it to the people there was plenty for all and some left over just as the lord had promised so yes (laughs) you saw the miracle of the food multiplying <laughs> so you can you understand the inspiration of from some of where jesus's miracles came from right yes elisha was was the anointing was was wonderful on him all right so let's continue let's complete this second kings chapter five uh this will be we involve the healing of of Naaman and the greed of Gehazel, which will be where the lesson we will take from today's uh, uh, reading will come from. It says the king of Aram had great admiration for Nahum, Naaman, the commander of his army, because uh, through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Yes, it's possible to be so mighty and still have a challenge in your life. Hmm. Verse 2, at this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So I don't know where this girl got this from, because I don't think it has been mentioned once that one leper was was healed in Israel. So where did she get this confidence to say, go to go to Samaria, go to Elisha, you will be healed? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Uh, but um, maybe she was just hearing stories as a little girl. Verse 4 says, so Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told him, I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gift 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. Uh, The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. What a wicked guy. So remember that this king was so powerful, right? Eventually they will fight with him. Yes, uh, this king was so powerful. You know, when you tell somebody that he should, he should heal someone else of, of leprosy, a king, it's not as if you sent it to Elisha or you sent it to the king. Hmm. Verse 7, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, 
am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he is just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went uh, with his horses and chariots and waited at the door at, of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message, Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. I say again, Elisha's level of anointing was too much. Okay, Elisha does not even come to the person. He just tell his servants, go and tell him. God, this is what you should do. <laughs> so yes, eleven says, but Naaman became angry and stalked, stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of his of, of call on the name of the Lord his God and and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and and Abana and the and the Farpa better than any of the rivers of Israel. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Nehemiah turned and went away in a rage. Yes. So again, when I read these accounts in the KJV, I'm excited because they were just they were just drama queens. He said, "I had told he would just come out with his with his uh, with um, his cloak, and then he would just smite." You know, strike the le- the leper and then heal him. Okay, organic man. If you knew how it should have been done, why didn't you heal yourself all these days? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this is where a lot of people's a lot of people who are looking for miracles. This is where they fall into fall into. Uh, they think they know how it should be done. They think that uh, all it takes is just for the man of God to just pray, and it would happen. Ah, I say, look to God in times like this ensure your eyes is fixed on god and on him alone and i'm telling you god can do outstanding things so Naaman turned and walked away but his officers tried to reason with him and said sir the prophet had told you to do something very difficult wouldn't you have done it so you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured so Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed hmm when Naaman I'm telling you this is the only time in that we have any account like this in the New Testament all the ones you saw you saw you know even with um with the levites the bible doesn't tell us that their skin were were restored they were healed this one it wasn't just that it was healed it was given a new skin like that of a young child i'm telling you are very 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 powerful the Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of god they stood before him and Naaman said now i know that there is no god in all the world except in israel so please accept a gift from your servants but elisha replied as surely as the lord lives whom i serve i will not accept any gift and though Naaman hushed him to take the gift elisha refused 
Then Naaman said, All right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again offer burnt offering or sacrifices to any other god except the Lord. So yes, Naaman had experienced a true revival and encounter with God. He said, let me just take the soil from this place with me to God so I can just draw on this experience every single day. Every time I look at this soil, I can always remember what I encountered here with God. And I'm telling you big lessons. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the god Rimon to worship there and lean on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow too. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home again. And I'm telling you, Naaman was a very wise man. Let's finish this one. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to, to himself, My master should not have left this Aramin. Get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. And I'm telling you, if you were Elisha's servant also, you would have been wondering, did you read the account of how much gift the guy brought? <laughs> it was a lot. Yes, it was enough, more than enough to make Elisha one of the richest men in the land. Mm-hmm. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. Is everything all right? Naaman asked. Yes, Gehazi said, but my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the ill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give to give to them. By all means, I'll take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servant and sent the men back. Then, obviously, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. When he went into it, into his master, Elisha asked him, Where are you been, Gehazi? And I'm telling you, I'm sure you remember Achan, right? Uh-huh. So, big lesson. Stop collecting what is the devil and adding it to your own goods. Hmm. Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? I haven't been anywhere, he replied. But Elisha asked him, don't you realize that I was there in <laughs> in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariots to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing? And I'm telling you, so what kind of gift was this that Elisha just displayed? Elisha said, I'm sitting here, but I was in the spirit with you when you got down. Yes. When the man got down from his chariot, I was there. Yes, this is called again the word of knowledge. It tells you about something that has happened, okay, that you should not have been present there. But Elisha was present there in the spirit to know what exactly had happened. And I'm telling you, this was the gift that Moses would have displayed when he wrote when he wrote the book of Genesis. It was not there in the beginning, but God was able to give him the accounts of everything that happened. So Elijah asked him, don't you realize that I was there in the spirit when Naaman stepped down from, this, from his chariot to meet you? It is the time to receive money and clothing, olive groups and vineyard, sheep 
and cattle and male and female servants because you have done this you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever when Gehazi left the room he was covered with leprosy his skin was white as snow wow so an outstanding rage today right we should learn from the greed of Gehazel yes it wasn't that it was entirely bad to receive a gift if god if that was what god said elisha was to do but god had told elisha specifically do not receive any gift and that should have been enough for Gehazel. but his greed his greed took him over uh, please uh, deal with greed my pastor says that look two things are very important competence and character and character that you don't have will destroy you in the future so i'm telling someone today that as you rise in life deal with greed if not money will put you down i want us to begin to pray as we go today so many lessons that we have learned we have learned from gehazi we have learned that the power of god is truly wonderful pray this morning lord come true for me let me see your power in my life in the mighty name of jesus lord i deal with greed lord it will not destroy me i will not take what is not my own in the mighty name of jesus lord i pray for your people today thank you lord because you will supply every need in the name of jesus i declare a blessing upon you today in blessing you are blessed in multiplying you will multiply the works of your hand will multiply the goods in your hand will multiply you will return with a testimony in the mighty name of jesus father we say thank you in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day